Sweet. <clears throat> Delicious. Okay. I don't know why I've started saying that, by the way. I, I don't really want that to become my catchphrase, but it's becoming my catchphrase. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> there are worse catchphrases, I guess, but <laughs> that is a little odd. Okay, well, hi, everybody. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's my thing. It's my thing. What do you think? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Half of that is going to stay in the episode. <laughs> okay, sure. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I was about to say it again as a greeting. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, well, uh, uh, how are you this evening? I'm good. How are you, man? I've been dipping into my bourbon. Ah, okay. I've been dipping into nutter butters. Uh, Have you ever had a nutter butter? Oh no. Do you know what a nutter butter is? It's like a candy bar. No. What? No. It is. It's a cookie. It's this delicious peanut what the shaped hell? cookie. Is is it, is this like a Mandela effect thing? Was did it? Okay, hold on. Let's start down the road. Has there ever okay. been Nutter Butter, like, ice cream? Not that I'm aware of. Son of a bitch. I'm just living in a fantasy world. I guess so. Now, Little Debbie makes a Nutty Buddy. <laughs> but that's also like a cake. It's like a cakey thing. Wait, It's a wafer. It's a wafer. A chocolate peanut butter wafer. This How- is a, a Nutter Butter. Uh-huh. Close, but it's a Nutter Butter because it looks like a nut. But inside butter. is peanut butter. Oh, I thought it was just butter. <laughs> yes. Like, kind of I, like I, a, I'm enjoying a good snack of butter between two cookies. Is this refrigerated? I hope so. No. <laughs> you don't refrigerate peanut butter. No, but if it was real butter. Was oh, it, well, would, it was real butter. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a melty, sloppy mess. Oh boy! Even I imagine that's out. what that's what Paula Dean eats every night for a snack. <laughs> she is a true nutter butter, a homemade nutter butter, just yeah. cookies and butter. <laughs> gross! That's so gross. <laughs> um, we we've been watching. Uh, I've been rewatching Justified with my wife. Mm, okay. Um, and so it's been a very like the 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 very Pavlovian like you sit there and you're like. I need some bourbon. <laughs> um, I but, started um, rewatching The Simpsons. Oh, you and my daughter both. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I um, I got two episodes in, and now I'm debating how how much of a commitment I want this to be. I'm you just two episodes in, and you, I'm like, how uh, much part of my life is this going to be? It has the potential to be a very large amount of my viewing. Yeah, and I'm like, I just don't know. I don't think I'm going to do it. Well, it's too much. You got to limit yourself. You just got to put a cap on it. You know how they say this has become a popular phrase in our show lately. You know how they say no cap, Dustin? I do know how they say that. For for you, cap. Cap. Got to gotta cap well, that Simpsons. When they say you no cap, you say yes cap. Yes cap. <laughs> I need a cap. No cap. 
There's a Gen yes. Z minute for you guys there. So you're yep. welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Uh, but it was, it's a cell. I don't usually, uh, I, I don't make a habit of drinking during the podcast anymore. Uh, it's, it's led right. to a horrible pod, uh, in the past. I remember those. <laughs> Everybody, everyone. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say horrible. Uh, but, but unstructured. Interesting. <laughs> um, but it's a good day, Dustin. It's a great day. Um, tell me why our tax return came in. Oh, finally, finally came in. And okay. most of it was immediately spent to knock out a credit card. <laughs> well, you know what? That's fine. And, uh, that was reason enough to, you know what? It's Tuesday night having some whiskey. So, yep. Yep. Um, yep. That's why, I, that's why I'm having some now. And, uh, cheers to, uh, me, I suppose. <laughs> cheers to the there IRS. <laughs> yes. Um, once and for all. There you go. All right. Um, so we wanted to talk about movies as we, uh, often do. So we watched, uh, this is the first time I'm ever saying this sentence, a, a Roku original. Yes. Called weird. The yes. Al Yankovic story. Yes, we did see this. Every once in a great while, I can spot a talent that I know is the future of music. But first, we gotta find you a stage name. Al Yankovic. It's long, it's hard to pronounce. So I'm just gonna throw this out there. Weird Al Yankovic. I love it. Taken the world by storm. Do I know you? Madonna, I was wondering if you were going to do a parody of my song, Like a Virgin. I'm curious, is that song autobiographical? Yes. <laughs> Except for the fact that I've had a lot of sex. Name me one creative genius that doesn't have a checkered past involving alcohol. That's the medicine. And drugs. I think Madonna's a bad influence on you. What? No offense. I'm a train wreck. My parents wrote me off. I pushed away my band. You're all just a bunch of normals. I'm the weird one. You gotta take care of yourself. I saw in you something special. An artist with something to give to the world. In front of all the billions of people watching around the world right now, all I want to say is be as weird as you want to be. You will never find true happiness so you can truly accept who you are. Thank you. Oh, Al, you can't smoke in here. <laughs> I totally deserve that. Okay, so when this was first announced, um, I thought it was. I'm, I'm gonna try not to say weird as a verb for the rest of this. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was um, <laughs> unorthodox. Okay, strange. <laughs> for <laughs> odd. I thought it was uh, strange that they were making. Uh, I think everyone's first thought, maybe this was the intended effect, was like, oh, then we're gonna make a, a biopic from Al Yankovic, mm -hmm. um, and then they were like, Dana Radcliffe is cast and. That was interesting as well because we love Daniel Radcliffe here at the Hoopercast. Yes. yes, we do. And um, so that's D Rad, like, we would love to have you on the show if oh, you man. happen to be sent this episode by one of your compadres. Um, 
But, uh, and then I think I, at some point, and maybe it was when the trailer dropped, because I didn't pay like a lot of attention to this. It just sort of yeah. found its way to my view. Yep. Then that trailer hit and uh, I was like, oh, this is like tongue in cheek. Yeah. Yep. And it made me feel better about checking it out because <clears> I was like, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, but, do, you, do you know the history behind this, this idea, like mm-mm. the genesis of it? No. So, years ago, I don't, I don't know what year this was. If, if I knew I was going to be talking about it, I would have done my research. But years ago, Funny or Die did a, a fake trailer starring Aaron Paul as Weird Al. And, um, and so, it was it was just a trailer, you know, whatever. And Weird Al loved it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he had anything to do with it, but he loved it and incorporated it into his live shows. So whenever he'd go like in between numbers to like they'd change the set or they'd do like a, a quick, you know, outfit change or something for him, they would play the Weird Al Funny or Die oh, parody trailer. Interesting. And he always had in the back of his mind, like, one day I might actually do this, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna do it when the time is right and when, you know. It can when I have the freedom to be crazy with it, right. and and uh, once Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man caught the way they did, he uh, was like, "Now's the time! Now's the time! Here, here we go! Let's strike!" Because what and, was the last like know, music biopic like like other than like Walk the Line and I think yeah. maybe because Dewey maybe because Walk Hard had come out already, it was like, oh yeah, and 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 in fact, the director of this film talked about like trying very hard not to do the Dewey Cox thing mm-hmm. like very very blatantly weak it could have gone on that in that trajectory and they were like no 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 so but they but they yeah it was like you know Bohemian Rhapsody was a biopic yeah I mean Walk the Line existed there were others um you know Ray and uh what was the one uh where was it Chadwick Boseman who played uh, James Brown? James Brown, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, there get on up, get on up. Yeah, so there there are obviously like tons of biopics, but like for whatever reason, Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man kind of hit back to back, and they had like a similar style and vibe, and you know whatever. And so I think he just looked at it and was like, all right, this is this is the time. And so. um yeah, how it got to Roku, I'm not sure why they decided not to go with Aaron Paul and picked Daniel Radcliffe instead. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but regardless, I did notice the, the whole reason I, under, I know this is because I saw in the uh, in the credits, it said special thanks to Aaron Paul. And I was like, what? Why? And so I Googled it and I was like, oh, so this that's the genesis of it. Right. Um, as soon as you yeah. mentioned Funny or Die, I remember it because that was brought to my attention. Um, and, and Aaron Paul was really good in the, in yeah, the right, short. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I've seen it since. And I was like, oh, yeah. this is awesome. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it, it, it's so funny that um, that he kind of held on to the idea until now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It is essentially a a extremely embellished um I is would, any of it true? I, I would dare say not even 10% true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, uh, story about uh, possibility. Yes. <laughs> about um, Al Yankovic's um, uh, rise to fame, mm-hmm. uh, doing whatever the hell it is he does. Yes. Um, what did you think of this? Uh, did, did you enjoy this? I did enjoy it. I, I ultimately gave it three and a half stars. Um 
I think I think it's a fun little ride. I think it's at its best when it's allowed to be really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some times where the film feels um, a little subdued. And I don't think that's studio meddling or anything. I think it's just like, you know, getting the the plot of it down and the structure of it down. And then in those moments where it's like, okay, we've, we've established what we need to establish. Now let's get weird. Like those are the moments where it, it really shines. Um, and so, you know, like I'm thinking of there's a sequence and I guess we're full spoilers at this point because why not? Yeah, sure. Um, So there's, there's a sequence in the film where Al accidentally takes LSD and then there's like this weird, uh, uh, sequence in which he figures he he writes eat it, um, which the film <laughs> yeah. the film film portrays as an original that Michael Jackson knocked Stole. off as opposed to the actual. <laughs> yeah, so Tara and I were so confused. Like, yes, <laughs> what, are they trying to say? I I got it, but I was just like, she's like, but beat it came out like. That was a yes. song. I was like, no, 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 don't let this movie gaslight you. Like, <laughs> right. This is true. Yes. Yeah. So there's like moments like that. And there's moments where when Madonna is kidnapped and it's like a John Wick action sequence suddenly, uh-huh. yeah. like those are the moments where I'm like, this is great. Yeah. This is what, exactly what I wanted out of this movie. Mm-hmm. And and then there are the moments that are a little more like earnest and like biopic mm-hmm. where it's like, this is how I came up with, you know, my baloney or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, I see what you're doing. You're establishing the biopic feel of it, but it's not weird necessarily. Yeah. So like, but it's, it's chuckle worthy, but it's not funny. It's it's, it's more like, oh, I, I recognize that you understand the structure of these stories. Right. But then, but then when you like, okay, so, suddenly it's a John Wick action <laughs> sequence. It's like, now I didn't expect that. That's yeah. awesome. Or there's, you know, Pablo Escobar, you know, fight <laughs> gun fight. It's like, I didn't expect that in a biopic. So that's cool. And it's like, those are, those are the moments that really stick out for me as like when the movie's allowed to be really strange, it's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Yeah, I said the same thing. I, I gave it a lower score. I gave it a three, and I thought that was yeah. generous because after the movie, I wasn't sure if I would say I'd enjoy it. Sure. Like, I don't yeah. know. <clears throat> Again, if you're listening, you've seen the movie. So I'll just say, like, I don't know if I would recommend people see this. Like, if mm. someone, like, it's one of those it's one of those things. Like, you're a self-selecting pool. If you ask me, should I watch Weird, the Al Yankovic story, you're interested in seeing it. Yeah. And you just want to hear if it's a total mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't ask me about this movie, you're, you're not, not going to go out of your way to the movie. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> um, but I would, I don't know if you are on the fence, at least for me, I'd probably say, I don't know. Cause here's the thing. <clears throat> I love Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Um, and I love absurdism, but you're right. The fact that they try to do both is yeah. what pulls down the movie overall for me. Yep. Because my letter, I said, if you remember, it's essentially a feature length sketch. Yeah. You might enjoy it. Yep. Um, but like, and I didn't know it was even born from a sketch. Yeah. The first, you know, before I saw the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, everything absurdist works. Everything that's completely out of nowhere. Yeah. And totally like not genre appropriate, like him, like the John Wick stuff yeah. or him being murdered at the end. Yes. Which is the greatest joke maybe of the whole thing is that he just dies at the end. And again, Tara was like, he's alive, isn't he? I was like, yes, yeah. he's alive. And he was certainly not 
assassinated. Correct. <laughs> on stage in the 80s. <laughs> in, in fact, he's been in this movie. <laughs> that's right. I said the same thing. I was like, that's him. Yeah. Like, was, right. Um, but like when he, when he, when he just, hell, you can't smoke in here, Alan. He just puts the cigarette out on, on Will yeah. Forte and just stares at him. Yes. It's, that's amazing. Yeah. But when they are like, um, you know, like, uh, like Dewey Cox did a lot more, a better job of leaning into the structure of the biopic and having like faux earnestness. Yeah. Because they just kept it brief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they'd have yeah. the swell of music and they'd have the performances, but it would quickly like descend into something funny yeah. or just kind of strange. Yeah. This yeah. one should have been tighter or had more in those, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like if, if it had come across my desk, like, you know, how do we fix this? What do mm-hmm. we do? My thought would be, okay, well, act one mm-hmm. should almost be a straight up biopic. Mm-hmm. Like, and then by act two, <laughs> just, you've, you've broken it out into something completely different. Just it's jump like, in. it's the structure of like a family guy episode where mm-hmm. it starts with, Hey Peter, what are we going to do? And it's like, Oh, here's the thing. But then by the second act, it's a completely different story. And you mm-hmm. don't even know how those two stories ever were a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like that same sort of structure where I, I would have leaned into the biopic in act one set up everything there and as soon as the inciting incident you know is done and we've established our characters and we've figured everything out it breaks off into some absurdist fantasy like that's where i would have gone and it never would have come back Mm -hmm. um the the weird thing is this kind of flip-flops because you've got the Oh no, now he's coming up being a, a jerk to his band and like the you know inevitable breakup of right. the band or whatever and and then like him going home and reconciling with with dad and that kind of stuff. Like I would have gone so absurd with that that there there wouldn't have been any sentimentality left to to squeeze out of the conversation between him and his dad. Mm-hmm. It would have been like he comes back and his dad is like you know, for some reason now a squid, like it would just make no sense, (laughs) but like, but that's where you have to go with it is like the movie's called weird. Mm -hmm. And just like, you know, there are other films that I can think of recently that don't live up to their title. Mm. This is kind of that same way where it should get weirder as it goes along and it never quite hits the level of weirdness that I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, I think I think that's kind of like that would be my main like, gripe with it because I can't you can't take a film like this seriously to like critique and be like, oh, well, mm, uh, structurally it uh, was uh, the tonally it was you, you just have right. to like take it for what it is. It's a sketch. It's funny. It's not meant to do anything. Not sure what they're trying to say. Right. Yeah. They're trying to just make you laugh and Mm -hmm. get over, get over it. Like that's all there is to it. Um, and, and, um, yeah, I, so it's hard to like judge it on the, on that lens. But for me, the main thing is I think it should have been weirder Mm -hmm. and it should have been an escalation of weirdness so that as the film ends, you almost forget that it started so earnestly. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's how I would have structured it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Actually. Like I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I would have pushed it further. I mean, again, yeah. <clears throat> if you're going to make it for something like Roku, 
Yeah. And you don't, there's no like, we're, you know, we're not selling tickets. We're not, there's no advertiser like, like, or are yeah. there? I don't know. I don't know how it works with Roku because yeah, um, they're free. I mean, they're a free service. So maybe correct. Maybe they do have to yeah. worry about that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I doubt that that had anything to do with this. It was just more like yeah. make whatever you want. <clears throat> and, yep. you know, it just should have been a little bit more yeah, absurdist. I also don't know. Speaking of Roku, I don't know whether they financed the film from the uh, from the onset or whether it was just distributed by um, and like they licensed it at the Let end. Me I'm see not if sure. I can find that out or not. How they financed? Filmed on a budget of around eight million dollars over eighteen days. Yeah, filmed in eighteen days. Oh my well, god! I was at a film festival uh-huh. and the director was there. We screened the film. The director actually said it was fourteen days that they filmed wow. this. Wow. The so between February and March 2022, yeah, and then it was released at TIFF on in, on, in early September 2022. Yep, that's yep. crazy. You don't usually hear that kind of turnaround. No, it's, these days. it's insane. Yeah, wow, it's really crazy. Um, the amount <clears throat> what, what shocked me, there's a couple things that shocked me. Number one, the performances were all really great, like, not that I expected anything less, but just you know, like they. I think they were all pitch perfect. You know, um, Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna was was maybe the standout here. Um, but I love Daniel Radcliffe as as Al. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he is like the worst pick you could possibly pick, but it, somehow it worked the best. Um, and uh, and but but the, the other thing that surprised me was the amount of celebrity cameos in this. Um which I assume was probably done for either nothing or very next to nothing. Oh, yeah. Um, it was probably an in-kind cameo from all of these people. Um, Jack Black, Conan O'Brien. Uh, I don't know. Flipping everybody was in this yeah. movie. Um, you, you mentioned Will Forte. like Rain Wilson. Er, well, Rain he was Will, an, well, he was an actor, I guess. Yeah, he, it, but, he, probably, he probably got compensated. But yeah. like, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just so many people in this film. Um and it's really great the way that it uh everybody just has such respect for al and and i think that that's really wholesome and fun some of these people were really good like like jorah tacone he's in he plays peewee herman in in one scene and it was yes. so good i was i was i told my wife i was like that's the best pee we have ever seen. Yes. Yeah. Take that, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you can go. <laughs> okay, great. Great impression. Um, um, I, I feel like, um, yeah, I just feel like there's such a, an outpouring of love for Al and like this film. I, I know Al had so much to do with this movie, but like it still felt like he's so respected in the industry it's crazy. Like you would think that this guy wouldn't be respected. Like nobody would understand him and nobody, but it's like, everybody's like, Oh, weird. Al's great. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, so fun. And, and also it's just fun that the reason this is all embellished is because like famously weird Al doesn't do drugs and doesn't drink and like has a stable relationship and children. And he, he's like a no drama kind of person. And so Okay, you make a movie about him. There's nothing's gonna happen. So um, anyway, it's just, it, I don't know. It, it just it, it's great, and and I think 
there's definitely some overlap between my sense of humor and Al's. Um, so there's some moments in this that really got me. Like there's a moment where um, Daniel Radcliffe is on the phone. I think it's with, maybe it's with Weird Al. I can't remember who he's on the phone with. Maybe it's Rain Wilson. I don't remember. He's at, he's at the restaurant and he finds out that Michael Jackson has released Beat It. <laughs> and he's And he's upset and he's like slamming the phone down and mm-hmm. he does it like over and over and over and over and over to the point where it's absurd. And like, I'm like, yep, yeah, that's, that's funny to me. And yeah. it just completely gets me. And, and that's, that's kind of where my humor goes anyway, is like just the absurd. Um, so I, there's a lot that I loved about this. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not, it, it's just not a perfect movie. No, it, it just should have gone further. Like they, their instincts were good. Yeah. It's almost like they were afraid to go too absurd, but it's like, no, yeah. you, you need to, you got to push it. It says here. So like, there's a few things I'm reading about in this, this, this area here about casting. Like it said, even though weird is a parody, the filmmakers sought to cast actors known primarily for dramatic roles. Um, a- Apple, right. Eric, Eric Apple, the screenwriter, the co-writer, believed the humor would it was sorry is he the co-writer he's the director and the co-writer okay great i was like mm. why is he expressing his opinion on casting because he's the director right, right um, yep, <laughs> he believed the humor would then come from the actors playing their roles in a serious grounded manner as if they were in a dramatic biopic despite the absurdity of the scenes mm-hmm. um um so like it also says, so a fun fact here too it says Patton oswalt who played dr demento in the original short had been set to play the role in the film, he broke his foot just before shooting and they're on such a tight schedule. They couldn't afford to wait. So they, so three days out, they brought in rain Wilson, mm. who's a, a, you know, great. Yeah. Yep. Um, so Oswald still cameos as a heckler in the bar and Aaron Paul was supposed to cameo as a heckler in the bar as well. Mm. But he got COVID. Oh. And so he couldn't participate in the shooting. Do it. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he said once it says once Radcliffe agreed to, signed on to star the Roku channel agreed to invest in the film. Mm. Well, like I said, I mean, that, that, that's my review in a nutshell is there's a lot here that's great, but it doesn't go far enough for my taste and it embraces the biopic too heavily in its later acts. Mm-hmm. And by that point I've checked out of any real human emotion. Right. So, so, so <laughs> there's no point in even going through those motions. No. Right. Because this, the second you see the dad like punching the, the salesman in the face over and over and over and over, it's like, this is funny and this absurd is, and crazy. <laughs> and this is what I want. Yeah. Don't don't walk it back and have a touching moment in the third act because it's not I'm not going to feel it. Yeah. Anything less than silly at this point is uh, is I need more yeah. dopamine, please. Yeah, correct. Correct. That's exactly right. So and there's like that moment where Al uh, quits and goes to work in the factory. And I guess you're supposed to be feeling like really sad, like, oh, he gives up on his dream or whatever. And like that moment just completely falls flat because a. uh I know the film's not going to end that way, mm-hmm. right? There's going to be a triumphant return because that's the biopic. And and B, I can't possibly feel sad for Al at this moment because I can't possibly feel human emotions other than laughter right now. Right. And also I just I'm watching a movie I'm watching a movie that he got made about his life. So like <laughs> Right, exactly. Like, yeah. I know it works out. Yeah.
recently in the news, um, Ben has from the New York Times, from Brooks Barnes, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon to start a film production company. Hmm. Uh, so the whole thing here is unlike streaming service, it's pretty much like the anti-streaming uh, service and, and the anti-streaming mm. production thing. Okay. It says unlike streaming services in most studios, they plan to share profits with their actors and off-camera artisans. Mm. It's funny. I took a bunch of screen grabs of this article this morning because it's the New York Times does this thing. I, I read it. And I'm like, I'm going to come back and read this later. It's yeah. like, ha ha, you read it for your articles. Yeah, yeah. So they've been, it says they've been increasingly vocal about their dissatisfaction with streaming era paychecks, namely the refusal of entertainment companies to share the money generated from breakout hits, as is much more common in decades past. Recently, too, you know, you, t- you have t- Quinn Tarantino talking about how there's no movie stars anymore because yeah. of the marvelization of Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, I, was, I got in a discussion about somebody because this person was like, was mad about that. It's like, mm. it's like, no, those people are all stars, you know, like they, the people know who they are. And I was like, he's, I said, he, he's being a little pithy. Cause I know that Quentin Tarantino loves the Marvel movies. Like yeah. he's, he said as much. Yeah. What he means is, is the, the films are being made because there's an intellectual property that's popular Yeah. and a movie's being made about it. And you're going to cast people who will become famous through this franchise Yeah. and become stars. Yeah. But it's different than the way movies used to be, where you took a concept, yeah, that by itself was oh okay, yeah. But you cast Brad Pitt, right, or Matt Damon, or you yeah. know Tom Cruise, yeah, and 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 so because you have star power, it's getting made now, right? Correct, and that's that's one of the things that that I think defines a movie star or star power is that they can put butts in seats on an idea that means nothing to anybody Mm -hmm. just because they are themselves. Um, and, and we've seen even, even within Marvel, um, that's not always the case, right? Look at Doolittle. Mm -hmm. Everybody loved Downey Jr. And he's coming off of the hottest streak. Maybe anyone's ever had financially. And, uh, and, and Doolittle does nothing. No, do little, did does, no, did does little, little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it says they announced that they decided to take, sorry, these screen grabs are coming back to bite me, decided to take action. Instead of continuing to work for hire, they plan to start an independent production company called Artists Equity. And they got a hundred million dollar investment from this capital partners thing. Um, Mr. Affleck, whose hits as a filmmaker include Argo and the town has agreed to work exclusively for artist equity. Mm. Uh, he says, this is the next act of my career for a long, long time. He said, and Mr. Damon is committed to star in a set number of films and will produce exclusively for the company. The two hope to capitalize on a shift in the film and television business. Streaming services like Netflix are beginning to care more about the quality of content than sheer volume. I haven't I'll seen, believe that when I, I see haven't it. seen any evidence of that. Yeah, yet. there's no evidence of that. <laughs> to give an incentive to high caliber actors and off-camera artisans to work for them, Mr. Affleck and Mr. Damon said they intended to give those people a cut of the profit, lower upfront fees, potentially big payouts and success. So they are pretty much bringing back the uh, what was it called the the the, the back end model, yeah, which yeah. essentially went away when streaming services started making movies because they don't make money; they bring in subscribers. Yeah. So the whole yeah. pay scale is you pay everyone up front. Yeah. And yep. there we go. And so that could mean 
big paydays for directors and and anybody involved because yeah you know they've got to pay you up front and, and you're David Fincher so what are you going to do yeah but it also meant that less f- films that less films were getting made that were for, for lack of a more nuanced word risky mm. and that were made good and therefore profitable by the creative talent yeah and thus they were rewarded yeah yeah that those kind of went away um so this th- they basically aimed to bring it back yeah it it brings to mind the scarlett johansson lawsuit against disney mm-hmm. where for those of you who may not be following this um uh when black widow was dumped on disney plus um it 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 was day and date wasn't it? it was the same day as the theaters or was it yes i think it was yeah and and she and her representation argued that it cost her about 150 million dollars on the back end because she had uh money coming to her for for the the, the, for the back end yeah, for compensation. good performance at the box office yeah um, it was 50 and, million and it was it was yeah and she was a she's a producer on the film too so she has she right. negotiated all of this back end incentive for the film to perform well correct if, if it does well then i get more money right. and when they dumped it on disney plus of course that eats into the profits mm-hmm. at the box office because yeah. There are people who will sit at home and watch it, and so the- well, and it, and it it was on the premium access. Like you still had to pay for it. Yes, but, but and, it's and I'm still sure that's part of the right. Like her thing yeah. was, and I, that's probably was part of her lawsuit. Was like people were paying to see this at home too. Like you, you're just not reporting how many people are. Right. Know? So it's like, well, but I know you've got the money, and whether you do or not, that that was yeah. what was my contract. Right. And, and and they tried to Disney tried to argue act of God or something. Right. So it's, that's what it brings to mind, but it's, I think it's probably ultimately a good thing. Like, you know, I think we, we've stated before in the past that like, if there's something wrong in Hollywood, do something, like Mm -hmm. try to, try to fix it, try to, uh, you know, if you want to see better movies, then make a better movie. Yeah. Um, and it's that sort of same thing. If you're un- unhappy with the way that you're being compensated, the way you're being treated as a performer, as an artist, then then fix it. And this is them trying to do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good for them. Um, we'll see how it works out in terms of, you know, long term success or whether it'll get bought out by another studio or or whatever the case may be. Yeah, the article says the artist's equity harkens back to the. It says harks back. I believe it's harkens. Harkens, yeah. Yeah. You doing? Yeah. Artist's equity harkens back to the original United Artists, which was founded in 1919 by Charlie Chaplin, Mary Pickford, Douglas Fairbanks, and D.W. Griffith, as a way to exert greater control Uh over their creative and financial destinies. United Artists has long since become a traditional film company and is now owned by Amazon. Yep. Like you said, you know. Yeah. Who knows? Right. So, you know, anything could happen. And if they flash a dollar amount in front of their eyes big enough, then anything could happen. The thing is, they they stand the chance. It also brings to mind A24. A24 has been cited uh, pretty recently as like the last bastion of quality uh, creator driven content. Um, And and. And so if that's what these guys can pull off, 
then that's great. The, the more of those kind of things we have, the better. Um, but you got to stick to your guns mm-hmm. when the big guys come knocking and say, we want a piece of what you've got. Right. Um, and, and, and if they are successful, it will happen, right? It, it won't take long before Hulu comes knocking and says, Hey, I want to cut this. Right. And I, I would, I would like to think that the two of them, like in starting this, I would hope that they were like, that they said, no, this is, we obviously aren't in it to make a buck. Like we're millionaires. Like we don't yeah. like, this is what we do now. Like this is, you know, yeah. I think it's somewhere in the article I've closed it at this point, but, but Ben Affleck said something like I I've, I'm finally in a place where I feel stable enough to take this on. Yeah. I've already yeah. learned how much work it is to kind of be fully committed to this company. Cause he's like yep. the, he's basically the CEO yeah. and Matt Damon's like the chief creative officer. So like, this is essentially yeah. like they're, they essentially like work in an office now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they said they're, you know, they're not naive about like how much of their time this is going to take up, but this is what they want to do. I mean, like, yeah you know, Matt Damon doesn't obviously doesn't want to make like any more born movies. And like at a certain point we see it more and more these days. Like that's just the way that work in general, creative work is. It's very like multi, it's very vertical. You got to have your hands and all, you know, the rock is, you know, selling tequila and stuff. Like, yeah, you got to do all this diversified stuff. And for those two who remember, like they, they were writers pretty almost as almost before they were actors. Like they want to, yeah. Academy Award for Goodwill Hunting for the screenplay. Yep. And then of course Project Greenlight, which people maybe not remember uh from back in the nineties yep. and uh and or the early two thousands, whatever. Yep. Um this is who they are. The, yep. They're they're creatives and they they care about this sort of stuff. So I I'd like to think that they would stick to their guns, not sell to another studio, and actually maintain this company and yeah. you know for the foreseeable future. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. it's cool. I mean, I, I, I think that's, I think that's healthy for the industry and this is exactly yeah. what it takes is people who don't need to be bought out to run things and yeah. keep them going. I, I agree. You know, I, I've, I've said before, probably on this podcast that I think Ben Affleck is better behind the camera than in front of it. Yeah. And that's not to knock his acting ability. It's just to say he's very talented it, as a director, as a writer. And yeah, being able to craft the story from the inside out, I think is, is, more up his alley mm-hmm. than just being a cog in the machine and playing a character. Right. So yeah. if, if this is what makes him happy and results in better films for us to consume, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Yep. Okay. Well, cool. All right. Cool. Well, I'm going to, th- I'm going to, th- I'm going to put that one to bed. All right. Sweet. Good night, everybody. Wee.